Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Hello and welcome to a Q&A with the amazing mum or Lynette Galvin. <laughs> welcome mum. <laughs> Thank you, Laura. Hello, everyone. So today we're going to do a quick short Q&A for some questions that have been sent through by some of our amazing members and also um, some people who have reached out to us. So the first question we're going to touch today, which I think pretty much everyone should listen to, is what constitutes legal separation? Now, this anonymous person has sent through and said uh, currently she, she sleeps in a separate room, her her ex, who they're not divorced yet, but lives in, sleeps in their marital marital bed. So that's a start. Yeah. Do you want to say anything about that before I raise the other parts? Yes. That's a very common scenario where people just move mm-hmm. out of the bedroom. Uh, keep going. I'm interested to hear. They still are co-parenting because they have children. The kids are unaware. Luckily, you know, she, uh, she's really clever and has, has managed to not fight in front of the children, oh, which is great because, of course, you know, that can really mess with the kids' heads. Okay. They cook meals for the children to eat and they eat together as a family mm. and they do make coffee and tea for each other from time to time and if she's getting a snack, she'll offer him a snack. Okay. Um, and sometimes they give awkward hugs before either one okay. goes to work. She's wondering, you know, her, her understanding of when they separated, she's worried that it might be different to his understanding and she's like, what do I do? How do I have that definite line in the sand? Mm. Mm. Because as we know, you have to wait a year before you can apply for divorce. A year and one day, Laura. One, a year oh, and sorry. one day. Why? Why? <laughs> well, I don't know. Just because the Act says 12 months, so they make it the next day. Okay. Okay. So that's a really common scenario. Um, it's it's not off, not always the case that someone goes, that's it, the marriage is over, and they take everything they own and leave. That That's mm. not not what happens. Um, Mm. Unfortunately for our uh, lovely caller or person who sent that inquiry, um, although the word separation these days doesn't mean you have to not cook meals or not do anything for each other, um, it still is very hard to prove that you are separated when you're under one roof, the court calls it. So those things that you were talking about, making snacks and cooking meals for the kids and eating meals for the kids, the Family Law Act specifically says now that the parties to a marriage may be held to have been separated and live separately and apart, notwithstanding that they have continued to reside in the same residence or that either party has rendered somehow household services to the other. That's because there were a whole series of cases. Hang on. Before you go further, uh, can you put that into plain speak? Yep. Basically, they're saying that the court now recognises that you can be separated under one roof, even if you're still providing services for the other person. Is that right? Yes. Not not sexual services. But... Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> we're assuming that's over. Yeah. To put this into plain speak, what, what that legal 
Mumbo just you read out says is that the court does recognize that people can be separated under one roof even if they're still doing their washing or cooking that's their right. dinner that's right that used to be there are a whole line of cases I remember years ago having to prove that one person didn't do the washing for the other or do any cooking or anything so they've put that in the act to get rid of that argument but okay the court paces a lot of attention uh, places a lot of focus on what the world sees right? Mm. Um, do you still got, present as a couple to the world? Um, and I'm suspecting you might be, if you're still doing things with the children, you might go to their kindy and you might only be separated in your own household, um, in your own mind. So you, the, the answer to this is a judge may say that you are separated, uh, but if, the, if you apply for divorce and your husband um, objects it's going to be a very expensive and uh, difficult argument to have with probably a 50 50 chance of success I would have thought what yep. okay why do they object um sometimes what's the point well, if if you're the one who's moved out and they desperately want the relationship to last the last thing they want is for an official divorce and so mm. over my career, I've had um, a handful of people objecting to the divorces. Um, and if the objections upheld, uh, if they say, look, you know, we just, look, here's the photo. We were at a wedding last week. We sat together, you mm. know. Uh, we haven't told mm. our parents. Um, our friends come mm. over and we all pretend nothing's wrong. Well, that's not separation in the eyes of the court. So they mm. will say, the court will say, no, we're not accepting it. Throw the divorce application out. You lose your money and you'll have to file again. Oh, and that's 900 and something yes. dollars at the and moment. So, and then you would have to Yikes. file again a year and a day after this official separation. So it's it's really hard to be separated under one roof and confidently file for divorce. Very hard indeed. Unless you've told everybody. Yes, and even then. Because she said, does making a statement on Facebook help? Yes, that helps. So you've got to see what the court's trying to do. Um, when It goes right back to when the Act was written in 1975. The church was involved in this, right? Mm. So they believe in the sanctity of marriage and they didn't want people getting out of the marriage, no-fault divorces. But, of course, that's what our Family Law Act does. We are only allowed to mm. – that. all you have to do to get a divorce is show you've lived separately and apart for 12 months. So mm -hmm. the court can't say um, easily that you've been, lived separately and apart unless you've made it public and it's been out and about because um, otherwise what's to stop people saying, you know what, let's both lie and say we've been living separately apart in this house and we'll get our divorce next week and that's the end of you. See, the court, mm. the, the church didn't approve of that. So it has to be something that can be corroborated by outside evidence that you are separated. Okay, so would you recommend, and this is general yeah. advice only, yeah. that they do the status update on their Facebook and page an announcement. Or, or tell everyone yes. or make sure Thinking your parents about the know? Children, though, that's pretty awful to do it on Facebook. Um, yes. If they're little, I, I think, guess it doesn't I matter. I think um, one of the cases I did, we had to, to prove the extent of the separation. It ended up 
in the witness box giving evidence. It cost the lady thousands. Oh, my goodness. But uh, it wasn't until a third person said, oh, yes, I knew they were separated. When I came over to visit, he went to his room and they had separate shelves in the fridge for their meals. Uh, so they really right. lived separate. It's worse. It's You really do have to be known by everyone to be living separately. I know people stay together right. for the finances, but my my honest advice is unless you're wanting to get married to someone else, leave the divorce until there is a very clear difference between the day before separation and the day after separation. Even if you think you've been separated for a year and you move out next year, I would wait a year from then, honestly, because it's just not worth the fight. Mm. Mm. And I guess you've got to weigh that up. Maybe there's an important reason why this anonymous person wants their defined divorce to be sooner rather than later. Mm. Um, so I guess you've just got to make it super clear to the world yes. and to everyone. And I guess you've got to weigh that up and go, and I know a lot of our members, they're still living with their partners. They're still living with their exes because I guess it's, it is very hard to pack up and move on to a new place when you haven't got property settlement, etc. I get that. Sometimes it's so just try really hard to make it super, separate but without messing with the kids I guess it's very very hard hard. it's very hard and one of the ways is sometimes some people start collecting child support after they're separated and and that's a way you can show the court look we've satisfied the agency that we're separated he's been paying the child support I've been receiving it therefore we both agree we're separated Got it. Yeah. Can you get a letter from your partner agreeing that you're separated or will the court not accept that? the court has to be satisfied that you were separated and they're not going to believe you or your ex particularly. If it's under one roof, they're going to have to get some external evidence. Outside evidence. Okay. All right. Thank you for that, Mum. That's that's a very complicated and hard. It's a can of worms. It is a can of worms. All right, Mum. So, question two that we have been sent through by email to the divorce course podcast at gmail.com. If you have a question, I'm going to do this anonymously as well. She says, Thank you for your excellent podcast. I've listened to your family report podcast and I have a question. The next step for me in children's matters is the case assessment conference. So let's just cover what that is to start with and then I'll ask the next question that she asks. So what's a case assessment conference? So a case assessment conference is um, the first event that the parties have to attend after they've filed proceedings in the Federal Circuit and Family Court of Australia. Um, At that conference, it's an opportunity to settle. Um, So uh, it's good to go knowing exactly what you want to achieve and uh, the registrar will assist you in trying to have a bit of a negotiation about that. But if you can't sort things out on that day, then they're going to work work with your lawyers to assess what are the major issues of the case and uh, they will recommend um, maybe other services like a family report or mm-hmm. some sort of psychological assessment, whatever. Okay, yeah, so and- so she she thought it was a meeting with the family consultant for her and her former partner. So is that not what a case assessment conference it, is? It it could be, um, but it's also the lawyers, 
um, right. and they're required so to attend those first. If, unless she wants her lawyer to step out for those proceedings, then they'll need to file a discontinuance. So this yeah. is in this is consistent with the court's approach of throwing resources at cases in the early stages um, and mm. trying to settle them early rather than let them drag on. So basically it's a big sit down, let's all have a chat and see how we can solve this without going to court. Well, you're in court really. Well, without going to trial. <laughs> yes, so it's the first opportunity for the court to have a look at um, what your okay. what you want, what they want, and maybe give you some feedback of what the court thinks might happen, see what's okay. agreed, see what bits aren't agreed. So we used to do this sort of thing was your first appearance was before a judge. Now it's mm. going to those uh, registrars who are going to filter out the things that are agreed and then just get to the nitty-gritty um, and then tell okay. you what will happen at the next court process, which is usually another mediation, to be honest. Okay. Well, her next question is in regards to the case assessment conference is mm. her lawyer's given her an itemised uh, bill, breakdown of costs, that say that um, it's going to cost her money for the lawyer to prepare for it mm. and it's going to cost her money for the lawyer to attend it. Yes. And she's wondering whether what what her lawyer she, would be preparing and do they need to attend mm. and what would they be doing if they attend? That's a hard question. Um, of course they have to prepare. They'd usually prepare a statement um, and just itemise what facts are uh, in dispute and just get ready to assist the registrar. Um, we're required now to give breakdowns of costs before each event so that people are aware of their costs. I'm reluctant, reluctant to say it, but if you can't afford it, this would be a good one for the lawyer to miss and for you to go by yourself because you okay. know and why, your case. Why are you reluctant to say Because I believe that you'd have a better chance of settling if your lawyer was there to agitate on your behalf um, with particularly if the other side brings a lawyer, um, they can okay. have a full discussion and bring it to an end if they're good lawyers. But, um, you know, you might want to keep your lawyer funds for when you actually have to uh, have a hearing and, and address a judge. So yeah. um, <clears throat> ask the, I think you need to ask your lawyer um, with the preparation, ask your lawyer um, what that preparation is and can you do anything of it yourself, mm. perhaps mm. preparing a chronology or whatever. Or mm. maybe if your documents have been prepared by the lawyer, um, then do your case is evident from the documents. So you could mm. probably do that yourself go into the okay. court and we've got a, a thing about preparing for mediation I think we've even done a podcast on it so these are yes. new new things that have come under the change to the rules in September of 2021 um, mm. but <clears throat> however yeah she she was actually um that was that question was in August so I guess maybe they've projected that on a bit further yes yeah the rules came in earlier yeah okay the, the court melded in in September. Okay. So basically you're saying maybe have a look at what the, the lawyer is actually doing, see if you can do some of it yourself and maybe ask the lawyer, you know, can you do it yourself? But mum's reluctant to say that and it's general advice only. Yeah. But it's a basically it's an a assessment of the case. You've got to yeah. weigh up. Um, it's really good to have as much um, 
knowledge and energy and and all of your facts and ducks in a row for a mediation because mm. you've got your best opportunity to settle it. Um, mm. Each time you do that, you're ready to settle. But on the other mm. hand, um, if you've got limited funds for lawyers in the long term, then I wouldn't take the lawyer to this case. I would save that money for a contested hearing where okay. both side, where someone's looking for orders and you don't want them to be made. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Now the last question, I'm just going to throw it at you, Mum. Okay. And it is a massive can of worms oh. and it is a question we are asked all the time. Um, but this was through Instagram, um, through the divorce course. Will I need chocolate? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, mother. Um, so this is, I'm going to do this anonymously as well, but yep. you can message us your questions as well. My ex-husband tells the kids that they don't have to come if they don't want to, <sighs> and he won't force them to do anything. They are 11 and 13, and my ex has blocked all contact. I can't call them, and I'm not seeing them. Oh, my God, that's horrible. Oh. It really makes me feel terrible for that person, and I send and you for all the our love. Yes. And all our best. So, oh. Mum, what, what does that person do? I think that's got to be court or a letter. You, you've got to have a mediation first. Um, mm. So but, how do you do that? Just, well, okay, just, so if you've got no money, you might be able to go to your legal aid in your state and um, mm-hmm. bring an application um, for legal aid. When you get legal aid, invite them to mediation. And legal aid may even, if you've got no money, fund you to go to court to get some time with the children. Um, it's not true that 11 and 13-year-olds um, just can choose. Uh, the judges say all the time, well, you can make them oh, but I can't make the children. And the judges say, well, you make them go to school, you make them clean their teeth, you make Mm. them go. Um, Mm. The 13-year-old one's a bit tricky uh, because that's getting to an age where the courts listen to their points of view a lot more. Mm. But if this person is, and I imagine he's damaging the children by cutting them off from their mother, um, Mm. you need to take some pretty bold action. So, Mm. you know, get a lawyer to write to them and put them on notice, get into mediation, get your certificate and get to court if you need to. And listen to our um, podcast episode that I'll put in the show notes for um, alienation. Yes. And and see what you can do, uh, what you can do if your partner won't give your kids back. I think we did a whole episode on that as well. Yes. Um, That's pretty rough. The kids Um, should have both parents unless there's some reason there seems to be a myth floating out there in the the stratosphere that there's some magic age some magic age that children can just pick up their skirts or pick up their pants and leave yeah or make their own decisions is there a magic age that the court just goes okay well when the act was first written this is the advantage of having an old boiler like me i can tell you Tell you the reasons why. First written, um, it had the age of 14 in it. Um, and right. then, yeah, 14. And so then, that's why this floating that's why around. It floats around. That was, it used to be 14. Then they removed it. And instead, they said, because 14 year olds vary in, pers- in types. Anyway, oh, they realized it was putting an awful lot of pressure. As soon as the child had their 14th birthday, it was, well, do you choose me or do you choose dad or do you choose you know, oh, me or do you choose mum? And so they took that out. And they said in- instead that we, respect the wishes of the children and we give the weight to those wishes. In other words, we pay attention to them. Um, 
depending on how old the kids are and their level of maturity and whether they've been pressured or coached. And the court makes an assessment. So um, most times a 13-year-old's wishes um, would Mm. be taken seriously. But in a case like this poor lady and these poor kids, where the dad's probably filling their ears with all sorts of rubbish, uh, then Mm. the court, I think, will pick on that pick up on that alienation and mm. um, and may encourage the child to go back to the mother. Mm. And the 11-year-old, uh, they would listen even less to um, and mm. put that back with the mother. But remembering uh, the court also found that uh, older children vote with their feet. They just catch the bus mm. back to their mothers or they catch the train to grandmas. And rather than mm. have 14-year-olds and 13-year-olds, um, you know, out in the... In, out in the city by themselves, out in the environment. Running wild. That's right. The yeah. court just doesn't make an order that has no likelihood of being followed or that would have the risk of that child taking those steps, voting with their feet, as it were, because, after all, mm. all of the orders of the court, um, in all of the orders of the court, the welfare of the children is paramount. Mm. Gosh, Gosh, so to that lady. Yeah, that's the worst. Mm. So go and listen to those episodes that we have done and try and get yourself some legal aid if you can't afford a lawyer. And if you can afford a lawyer, it might be worth getting a letter written. Yes. Or filing filing in the court and making that initial application. Mum, the last question, easy one for you. Ending Uh on a happy note. Anybody, uh, this one is pretty basic. I could answer this one. Uh, Where do I find the template to write an affidavit? Oh, it's on the family Federal Circuit Court of Australia, no, Federal Circuit Court and Family Court <laughs> of Australia website. Um, that is the most the ridiculous name, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I don't think they put that through a think tank. Um, I think they fought over what name to keep. Who goes and they first. Yeah. They should have gone to a mediation. <laughs> they should have figured it out. So, so on the, on the court the portal, court. Mm. there is a affidavit it's the di do-it-yourself kit there is yes you can also download it from our affidavit episode there is a link in the show notes um we'll do a whole episode on on a podcast episode on how to write an affidavit we'd done that yes (laughs) yes it was a very riveting episode actually it was actually pretty interesting uh because you love you love all the history of these things so um if you would like to jump in the show notes go to the affidavit episode um i'll find out what number it is and i'll put it in the show notes and you can click on the link and you can download the template and listen to our episode and do your own affidavit yeah so just keep um, one sort of fact in each paragraph number each paragraph um put your make sure you sign the bottom of each page in front of a witness and attach the documents as an extras that you want to rely on and remember uh interim court cases have only a short affidavit interim matters so um don't make it too long no don't make it too long it'll i think it's five pages or something and then an extras Okay. All right. Well, thank you everyone for sending your questions in. Um, we have a whole heap to keep going through, but I think I'll just throw a couple at you every week, mum. Okay. If you keep you on your toes, keep you, keep you, keep you (laughs) nimble. Um, if anyone has any questions, you can send us an email to the divorce course podcast at gmail.com. You can send us a message in the divorce course Instagram account, just the Divorce Course Instagram, um, or you can send us a message in the Divorce Course podcast on Facebook. Oh, you can. 
or you can jump on our website and send us a message at thedivorcecourse.com.au. If you are interested in learning more about our DIY divorce blueprint, uh, jump on our link in the show notes and you can have a look at that, have a read of what's involved. Mum and I talk you through everything that you would need (laughs) uh, to stay out of court and get it all sorted. Uh, You've got downloadable templates, videos, you name it. Mum's head is now empty of all facts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but we've got people doing it right now who have enrolled for this first batch and um, and it seems to be helping them they they're getting good feedback well it's taken a life of taken a life of its own and i'm loving it it's it's they're supporting each other as well which is great so if you are interested in that check us out um also we are doing the uh rate and review giveaway once a month to chat to mum for 30 minutes for free anonymously not online so no one else will hear it it's a confidential Um, conversation just to pick a brain uh even if you have a lawyer um mum's had a conversation just today with someone who has a lawyer and she's been able to come up with another idea that's Mm. out of the sphere of what they were thinking it's just so so you're entitled to get a second opinion and all you have to do is instruct me that you don't want me to talk to your lawyer that you've got and then you can get a, a confidential second opinion Yes, and Mum's actually not looking for more clients. No, nope, so she does not want. She does not want more clients, nope. but she is willing to put her master genius mind behind <laughs> your case for thirty minutes. So, um, <laughs> unfortunately, the only way you can get Mum as your um, as a client for Mum is basically do the DIY blueprint for divorce. So you're very lucky if you do. Um, so yes, write, write us a review. We choose once a month. We've already chosen chosen this month. Yes, uh, but if you are interested, definitely get on there and send us a review thanks mum for your time no worries thanks everybody hang in there everyone now bye bye okay bye if you found this podcast helpful we'd love it if you could rate review and subscribe by doing so you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation and remember that the australian laws may have changed since recording